12 crazy days, 12 marathons in 12 consecutive days in 12 European countries. Why, who, what, how did it happen? Hey, this is part two of the interview, but first the intro. Welcome to Hypno Running, the show where we do more than just talk about running. We help you find solutions to develop your full potential, making you a better, faster, and smarter runner. And here is your host, Heiko. said already welcome back to part two of our interview about 12 crazy days yep and first of all if you haven't please check out part one of the interview it, it won't make sense if you listen to yeah. this part now because you'll have missed out on the introduction or on, on, on the first part of the information yes so lisa what else do you have uh, what other questions do you have so in part one we already talked about your favorite run so what was the worst one? Let me just first think of the, the, the favorite one again. That was the, the Netherlands, actually, yes. because it was very flat. And I had two great uh, supporters there with me. It was uh, Raymond and, of course, Dennis, uh, my right-hand man, uh, who was there. It was excellent to run. And the worst one, um, um, Lisa, I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. It might be be the run in Denmark or it could be the run in Sweden but can I answer that question as we go along through the days and then yes, we'll, we'll find course. out mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I'm not sure yet so you um, so yeah. this all was during winter and your mm-hmm. favorite one, the your favorite <laughs> run was the one in the Netherlands, and I, if I remember correctly, that was on Christmas. Yep. So why did you choose to run during winter? You hate the cold. You don't like mm-hmm. to run in winter. So mm-hmm. why then? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, why in in winter? Mm, honestly, organizing something like that, you know, if you. If you're at a refugee camp and you think like, I want to help, and then you you have this idea, I want to help, and you fly back to Germany, and you're back at work, and you're back at home, and you think, I want to help, and what to do. During summer, everybody's busy. During summer, everybody's got something to do. Number one, there's going to be nobody who's going to help you. Plus, the locations, I mean, Lisa, we we just ran, or I just ran where I wanted to run. There Mm -hmm. was no... There was no event or nothing stopping me from running there. And I also wanted to raise awareness and sacrifice. I wanted to sacrifice my days. You know, it's we celebrate the, the birth of Jesus during Christmas. It's, it's a special holiday. But I wanted to sacrifice my time and, and raise awareness uh, in those dreary months. And yes, I don't like winter. <laughs> um, but just before this interview i just had a look in my records here and actually the weather wasn't so bad it was in the plus the whole time i mean it was in in fahrenheit it was in the let's say 65 68 70s or in, in celsius it was like no hang on that's that's wrong it must have been colder um, uh, in in celsius uh, it, it was about plus five plus eight um, sometimes even 10 degrees so it wasn't the yeah it wasn't a cold and icy winter yeah okay. <laughs> so in the first part you all you also mentioned that 
In the first one in in the first run in Dover, your friend Dory accompanied accompanied you. Mm-hmm. So why? You did? So why didn't you make this an event where more people would mm-hmm. run with you? No, you mean like a group or yeah, or? like a group or uh-huh. yeah. Why why did you decide to just run by yourself? Mm-hmm. Uh, I reached out to some groups. Um, I, I thought about the idea. I spoke to some people, and then I realized they all have different ideas. Many of them were negative about the time, it being Christmas. Some of them were like, 12 marathons is too much. Um, So there was a lot of, I wouldn't say limiting thinking, but they had limiting options. And I knew if I do it by myself, I can do it. You know, if I'm going to do it with others... Harder to plan. Yeah, and they're going to slow me down. They're going to slow me down. And I knew I knew I could do 12. Mm -hmm. 13, I wouldn't know, but 12, yep. (laughs) Okay, so how did you get in touch with these refu- with mm-hmm. the refugee camp? I mean, how does one get in touch with these people? Mm-hmm. How does one get in touch with a refugee camp? Well, I saw, because I, I traveled to Jordan every year for the past couple of years, and I, I drove past that camp. In the beginning, it was just for Palestinians. And then it grew and grew and grew, and I physically saw it. And then one day I asked my very good friend Mazen, Mazen Darafri, I said, look, you've been driving me past this refugee camp, and all you're telling me is, yeah, poor guys, they're, they're, they're refugees. And, and we basically got into an argument because I said, you know, what can you tell me about them? And he was like, why, what are you going to do? You know, and... Um, <laughs> uh, what then actually happened is uh, his son, uh, Mazen, uh, and his son, Laith, um, they both got involved and they knew the director of this um, Zatri camp, which is, by the way, it's the fourth largest city in Jordan. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, they got me in touch with the in charge there. And I went and I to meet him and uh, he gave me a tour of the camp and... Uh, that's when my resolve got even stronger. And then they recommended to me to, you know, to once you start raising money, it gets a little bit complicated mm-hmm. because you're taking people from money. You know, I don't want to be handling money. So what I did is I went through the organization called Save the Children. It's a, it's a world-renowned charity, which is exactly set out to help people like me who want to raise money you register there and you've got nothing to do with the money basically you just state your goal you state how much funds you want to raise what it is meant for and they do the whole part meaning they open the account um, they, they tell the people where to donate the money to and all that and that's how i got involved i simply asked i simply um, I, I was curious and um as I said in last week's show, Lisa, it really moved my heart. I wanted to help. And you know me, I'm not the big helper type or anything like that. You know, I mean, geez. But this was something that I, yeah, that I really wanted to do. Yeah, good question. <laughs> yeah. So leading up to that question, how much did you raise by the end of those 12 days? And how mm-hmm. was the reaction of that refugee camp? Uh, okay, it's two separate parts of the question. Uh, the, the people at the refugee camp, they use that money for a, uh, a library, a, basically a room where the children could read, where they would get books. 
uh, and the amount was uh, about £20,000 that I wanted to raise. And I fell short of that. I, did, I didn't raise all of it. But there were some big donations. I mean, you know, IPE donated €2,000 just like that. And, yeah, many people from across the world actually. See, the thing was I didn't give it enough exposure. I mean, you know, these days, you know, if somebody does something like that and he knows how to use social media you'd get much more exposure. What we did is we just put it on Facebook and uh, we spread it by word of mouth. So, um, yeah, that, that definitely could have been prepared better, could have done better. But, hey, uh, either way, you know, it's a, um, we set out to do something and we basically we, uh, we did it, you know. <laughs> How... Did you get exposure though? Because mm -hmm. last week we also talked about how you had an interview with a radio station, a mm -hmm. local radio station called SVR4. Mm -hmm. So, how did yeah. you manage that? Uh, yep. How did that come about? That came about somebody who knew somebody uh, at the radio station <laughs> mm -hmm. and the journalist there or the the, the presenter I have no mm -hmm. idea a very nice chap he actually invited me to come out to the studio and he said mm -hmm. well what's mm -hmm. your plan what do you want to do and next thing I was inside this this eerie quiet room I could hear my <laughs> head buzz like one of those sound protection rooms and we were doing an interview and and he said you're really going to do this and I was like what do you mean am I really going to do this of course I'm going to do this and that's when they then decided to basically phone me after every run to hear how, where am I now, you know, what am I doing, mm -hmm. and uh, which country am I now, and how's it going. Yeah, that that that's how I got it. And of course um, via Facebook, but I, I don't use Facebook a lot, so um, that wasn't such a big. It could it could have been much bigger, but actually, it reached um, uh, quite a. Uh, it did make the way around the globe, and even some. Uh, famous ultra runners, uh, Dean Karnassus, he actually even wrote to me, I still have his email, he wrote to me uh, a short email uh, just saying, can you believe this, you know, he's a world famous ultra runner, he, and he says, you're really doing something extraordinary, and I'm like, wow, gee, thanks Dean, so um, yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I also remember that was mm -hmm. a day where I felt very proud of you, Why? is when I found a picture of my father running in the local or yeah not not so local newspaper in the <laughs> Zeitung. yeah exactly yeah i remember that yeah uh, i knew the the interview would be in the newspaper and um, uh, i bought two copies at the, at the petrol station <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> early morning i went down there and the the lady at the till she's like I know why you're buying two papers. And I'm like, oh, no, this is embarrassing. You're in the paper, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so small town. And uh, actually, I was also in the paper in the, in the Netherlands. There was an article about me and in the UK as well. And uh, also exposure. Many online bloggers actually wrote about it. But seeing that my social presence still isn't, uh, I don't, I don't do a lot of social media so mm -hmm. they, I think they couldn't leverage it more they could have been much more in it um, yeah <laughs> I mean the name 12 crazy days is I think already something very eye-catching if you read that mm -hmm. but how did you come up with that I think I mean the 12 of course uh -huh. the 12 consecutive days but I knew exactly how it was me and Dennis sitting in a restaurant 
with the map, writing it down, and the next thing, you know, it became like, oh, are you going to do four marathons? You know, is it going to be five? Where are we going to run? And the next thing, this idea evolved, all these countries, and then it became, oh, Dennis, this is 12 days, you know, mm-hmm. and then Dennis said, it's crazy, and then I said, it's 12 crazy, we both like said it together, 12, 12 crazy, crazy days. days, yeah, exactly <laughs> like that. And so now you've got to think. So now we're at the, the Netherlands and then we drove to Germany where we uh, we had a lovely Christmas dinner, by the way. Uh, um, thank you very much, Andrea. Yeah, excellent Christmas meal we had there. And the next day we ran in, oh, I ran in Hamburg, which was, uh, it was very full. All the streets were very full. It was mm-hmm. the first Christmas holiday. Now we did a run there, and then after that we had these long stretches to drive, which wasn't the brightest idea because after running, you know, then sitting in a cramped car, uh, a car that was full of damp and wet clothes, mm-hmm. yeah, because obviously I needed a lot of clothes, and then we drove up to Denmark, which that alone is about a, I think a three and a half hour drive to Copenhagen. And I think, Lisa, that was the crummiest run because I had this great idea. I said, Dennis, you know what? Mm-hmm. Here's our hotel. You just drive me all the way down to a place called Kur. I'd been to Kur maybe 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you're going to drive me all the way down there. Just put the car kilometer, uh, the uh, autometer on zero and just drive 42 kilometers and I'm going to run all the way back to the hotel. It's a straight yeah, line. Simple. <laughs> And Dennis said, okay, and um, he actually took my lunch order. Yeah, he said, what would you like? I said, oh, today I'd like a pizza. And I started running, and I think I did about 500 meters, and it started to rain. Oh, no. <laughs> but not just any kind of rain. Mm-hmm. This sort of like really sad, this is going to be raining for a long time mm-hmm. type of rain. And um, Dennis not only got me a pizza, he got me a delicious meal. I don't know where he got all those meals from. It was like even in a styrofoam box, it was still warm, delicious. And I I could change clothes quickly. We had everything inside the car. And Lisa, this run was incredibly tedious because the roads were wet. So, you know, you had to jump over puddles, which means you lost your pace a little bit. Um, I made, I took two long breaks, I did, because I was simply, um, I, I was getting tired, the cold, and as it is sometimes, you know, I'd, I think I had six pairs of gloves with me, but I couldn't find them, you know, in, in, in the hectic, you know, yeah, and then Dennis found them later on, you know, and uh, I, I was very exhausted uh, when, we arrived, when, when I arrived in the hotel that night and the next day we drove over to to um, to Sweden and in Sweden I, I ran in an area where um, I, I used to read these these uh, novels these crime novels Valanda and I ran in that area and I remember this is also cold and windy uh, that, that was also very uninspiring very tough I had to do the distance um, uh, eight kilometers up, eight kilometers down. That was a great stretch of road, but it becomes very, very tedious, very, very boring if you have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in the north right now. We've been to mm-hmm. Britain, to Sweden. But how did you manage to pack your clothes? Were they warm enough? How many pairs of no. shoes did you have? How did you manage all of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I think anybody else would have organized it better. I had, I think, uh, actually, not, let me think, let me just have a look here. I had with me one pair of shoes that I really liked a lot. A second pair which was semi all right, and mm-hmm. a third pair which were awful. That was it. I had three, oh, wow. I had three pairs of shoes. That, For uh, 12 marathons? Yep. Uh, and one pair I didn't wear at all. Yeah, I see it here. One, two, three. And, and I had with me, as I said, six pairs of gloves, uh, woolen caps. But no, as it turns out, Lisa, you know, some of the, some of the racing equipment really felt great. Mm-hmm. And the rest useless the rest really really useless uh, um, I, I couldn't use it at all so um, uh, that's when I then uh, I, I washed clothes once that was in, in Denmark I washed the clothes that was good so it mm-hmm. could dry but the rest of the time you were limited we were in a car of course yeah and, and from from Sweden we took the ferry overnight mm-hmm. to Poland where we met um, a really uh, excellent friend Agnieszka and she took us to a small forest just outside of the uh, of the city um, uh, Stettin uh, where, where I, I ran also a loop five times a certain loop wow uh, th- it, it, that was a tough run mm-hmm. as well it, it, I felt alone I, um, it was really Difficult also to say something to the radio for the radio interview in the evening because it was just a very dreary run. Yeah. <laughs> My last question for you is: mm-hmm. Would you ever do something like Twelve Crazy Days again? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, good question. Um, I uh, not exactly like Twelve Crazy Days because look, after Poland, it was running in the Czech Republic and then running in Linz in Austria. And then driving down to, to Italy, running in Italy and until the last marathon in Switzerland. So, you know, in total, we drove 4,000 kilometers by wow. car. Mm-hmm. And every time getting out of the car became more and more difficult because the body would, would stiffen up. Mm-hmm. Would I do it again? No, not, not in, that, um, in that sequence but mm-hmm. yes i have other ideas to to run another 500 kilometers definitely um i have some ideas maybe to do another charity run uh, that that's still uh, some some dreams i have there but to answer your question the exact 12 crazy days no i, I, I wouldn't do that <laughs> yeah thank you so much for answering all of these questions yeah i just want to say also that um, uh, a big thank you to save the children the organization um, to natasha who helped me all set it up to Emma, who uh, also assisted me. And, you know, you need to do a lot of phone calls. You need to register. And, of course, thank you to all those that supported me along the way that actually joined me. And also thanks to you, Lisa. And, um, you know, Lisa, uh, the, the last marathon, I'm sure you can remember this, I had about 10 or 9 kilometers to go, and I was mm-hmm. so exhausted. And, and you walked next to me and... Um, you said to me, you know, why are you walking? I said, yeah, I need to rest a bit. I'm, I'm, I'm really tired. And um, it was the weight, the emotion of actually doing this. And then you just smiled at me and you said, Dad, come on, it's time. Let's go run. You want to finish this running. And you ran with me those last eight, seven, <laughs> six, five, four, three, two kilometers. You crossed the finish line with me mm-hmm. together. It was a very, very special moment. I'll, uh, really, a big thank you for doing that, Lisa. Yeah, really, thanks for that. <laughs> thank you.
Very, very much. <laughs> okay, that's today's show. Thank you very much for joining us today. Hey, very much. God bless you and take it easy.